everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ranma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 519. We are that podcast talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ranma S. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I am Mako-chan. And unfortunately, Ichigo is out. She will probably be out for the next couple of weeks. Um, this is something we've talked about on the show previously, where, you know, her sleep cycle syncs up with her husband. So he's back on the 4 a.m. shift. So, you know, it's only fair. So that's what she's up to. So we will probably not see her for a couple of weeks, but hopefully she'll be back in time to enjoy the holidays with us. So, you know. Sometimes real life takes a higher priority, and I'm perfectly okay with that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, anywho, how I is... I like working the overnight shifts. Mm, I've worked overnight shifts at Starbucks. It's not fun having to escort the homeless out at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. So, how is everybody doing tonight? Meh. Uh. I can kind of agree with that, so I guess you could say... My sentiments exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we are live tonight, week of October 12th, 2021, right here on Twitch TV. You can find us here at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session, live Tuesdays from 9 to 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, don't forget, we're also part of the Voice of Geeks Network. Uh, you can find more information about them at vognetwork.com. And you can see them live at Twitch TV slash Vogue Network, kicking things off at 8 p.m. with the Bobby Blackwolf show at 8, followed by Orange Lounge Radio at 9. And I believe Bobby Blackwolf will be off for a couple of weeks. Um, he has a procedure done, so he's feeling good, but he doesn't feel up to his standard of podcasting, which I completely understand. So get well soon, Bobby. And don't forget to hang out with us on Discord, uh, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Every show that's part of the Voice of Geeks Network has their own channel. So come through and hang out. It's fun and fun, you know? Hey, and I think this is the last week before we close up the uh, pool. And as Ron before talking about says, that well, huh, guys? Y yeah. yeah. It is the monday is Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I was thinking of something. I'm like, you know what? You got a valid point on that one. Oh, God. At the same time, I'm already going, wait, it's already tomorrow is Wednesday. What the hell? Where'd it go? <laughs> so th that's been my last two weeks that everything is running so quickly but also feeling like it's not running quick enough mm. i hate that feeling i'm more in the aspect of so this is what life was like before the pandemic huh <laughs> and, and i'll get into that when we get through our weekend day so you know <laughs> Oof. and ron before 21 says i'll be like the next week moving commences well you haven't lived till you have to, till you help mako-chan move and the infamous refrigerator so <laughs> never again which one was that I, I don't think i remember uh that was before i moved into where i was in whiting okay um, i gotcha yeah i I have a habit of moving Thanksgiving weekend. 
um, which is probably what I'll be doing again this year. Mm. Fun times. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Ranma was helping me move and we were taking the refrigerator and having to try and get the refrigerator down a couple of stairs. Mm. And we're all standing there attempting to get this refrigerator down. It it had to be like three or four steps. And my mother, who just had surgery, comes over, moves everybody away, and then just bounces it right down the steps. And she's like, hello. Well, you... you, We were trying to get this thing. Like, it was falling down. We sucked (laughs) at it. It was absolutely horrible moving this monstrosity. And... I should have known something like this. I would be doing this again when almost 10 years ago, when I moved into my new smaller apartment, I had to move the refrigerator. Imagine your typical six foot size old, not old school, but six foot size refrigerator. Two people taking it down a flight of stairs and then having to take the front door off both doors off the front door and the screen door off just to get it in its position. And the last time I had to do that was maybe two years ago when I bought a new fridge. And thankfully, all I had to do was take the doors off and somebody came in and hauled that that sucker out of here. Jeez. I I think I felt like my back tweaked just a bit. I was like, yeah, no, 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 no. This ain't (laughs) happening. This yeah, is not luckily, happening. no moving fridges this time. That is so good, you know. That yeah, is so just good. horribly heavy furniture. Mm. Anywho, enough about uh, talking about moving. Let's get into everyone's <coughs> favorite part. How was your week? How was your day? Ari, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, well, I got paid. Well, I got paid this past Saturday because, Ching. well, with Indigenous Peoples Day being yesterday, and that's just the way my uh, work goes. If there's a holiday on a Monday, a Sunday or a Monday of a pay week, it goes into previous Saturday. And uh, yeah, I get what that. Else? Uh, the other night, a friend of mine started on a Squid Game, which uh, I got about four episodes in. I haven't seen the rest of it yet. I, I watched the first episode. All I got to say is the fact that that got rich guy is sitting there watching these people get shot up while fly me to the moon is playing in the background oh, and God, he's drinking and him drinking scene. red wine. I think that was straight up big dick energy right there. That was, <laughs> that was a fucking hustle. Okay. That was a hustle. I'm like respect. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, murders were gruesome in the first game, and my, I was still trying to make jokes comparing it to uh, most uh, MXC. Like, mm-hmm. the dude gets his brain ventilator playing red, like, green light, and I'm just like, eliminated. I, I remember seeing in my travels, like, a meme of it for us black folk, and the game was, and it went, the game is double dutch and it showed the that, that giant doll you know with the hair down and all of that and I, I, I i'll say this much i said it to a friend of mine she'd be like, she said i'm dead and i my first thought was i'm good because 
I was one of those I was one of those boys in school that knew how to play double dutch. I'm just like, yeah, all of that's coming back to me so that I don't catch a catch something right between the eyes. It's called footwork, buddy. Look mm. into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But other than that, it's mostly work stuff. Uh, this week, you know, like for the last four days of the week, I'm on the midnight shift at work. Yeah. And next week after that is our is my vacation week, which we're going up to a AAC mm-hmm. that weekend. So the like, so the next four days of work are just going to be the longest that I've felt. Because A, they're before a vacation, B, before going away for a weekend, and C, on like, in midnight, mm-hmm. on the midnight shift. So you, you'll see me at a desk at like 3.30 in the morning just sitting there like, like begging for death or something. <laughs> I hear that. Mako-chan, how was your week? How was your day? Um, not horrible. Mm. Um, basically, uh, this past weekend I was feeling like crap. Um, but I got my flu shot, so oh, I good. kind of knew that I was gonna be feeling kind of meh. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I came into work on Monday and was told, "Hey, you're getting a raise," and I'm like, "Okay." Wait, did you just <laughs> get one? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Fuck it. You know. So I that that's you know kind of made my week and uh, it was nice on a Monday to have that because you know Mondays are usually crap and uh, now I'm just like all right I'm looking forward to finishing up this week and getting some more packing done and mm-hmm. you know all of that fun happy horse crap I did have to cancel my plans for going into Philly for uh, Pokemon Go understandable uh, though yeah i mean i i have to try and figure out seeing as how <laughs> you know i still don't know where the hell i'm moving at the end of november um so uh, i can't be spending what i would need to spend right. to get into philly mm-hmm. even if getting into the event technically was already paid for before covid it's just the uh, the amount the money you're spending to get out there and uh, yeah i mean i have to get out to philly Mm -hmm. and then um we were gonna get a room and actually stay out overnight just to kind of hang out Mm -hmm. and i'm just like that's that's too much understandable and rightfully so so yeah we're just gonna you know do some halloweeny stuff around here um i think we're gonna go to a paint night as a uh, slash uh, going away from my cousin mm-hmm. and my mom's birthday and her birthday. And so I think that's what we have planned for that weekend. So that's all right with me. Sounds good. So my weekend day has actually changed. I am now working again, thankfully. I think I may have mentioned this last week, but in case I didn't, I've gone back to work. This is my second week back at work, and I'm getting reaccustomed to going to bed early, getting up early, adjusting the time to get up so I can get to work on time, you know, because I am I have to go one stop further than I normally would, but then I got to walk a block and a half to get to get to my building, so... It's not so bad. The job is good. I'm I'm enjoying myself. 
Uh, not a lot of supports coming in because it's a slowly buildup of bringing people back into the office. But they are catering lunch for the time being. So that's not bad. I will have to say it has saved me about 50 to $60 a week in lunch. And actually closer to 30 to 40 because, no, no, 50, 60 is correct. Because generally Monday to Thursday, I bring sandwiches and and chips in and I usually go buy a drink. And then on Friday, I just go out and eat to treat myself or something like that. So, and then I realized with this new schedule, I don't have to do one-stop shopping on Tuesdays like I used to. So I'm, ha I'm really good about that. So now it's back to, you know, my pick up dinner on Tuesdays and going food shopping on Wednesdays or Thursdays. And I realize I'm not eating as much as home because I used to buy like two tubs of ice cream every, like every two to three weeks. I'm running low, but it's like by the time I get home and unwind and relax, it's like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not hungry for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I know those feels. Yeah. And I'm perfectly, I'm more, for the most part, I'm more or less okay with that. I think I'm back to where I'm just going to buy one tub of ice cream and put it in the fri freezer and just run off of that. Pick up some cold cuts to have in the fridge, you know, because in case I get hungry, you know. Um Still doing like my usual instant pot cooking for the week. Um, I did make this really nice sausage and pasta dish, but I kind of screwed it up, but the food is still good. So I'm, I'm going to see about making another attempt at it later this week. But I got to time it just right so I don't have any leftover food for next week. But that's been my week and day for the most part. Oh, one more thing. Y'all love this. Now... One of the things, as y'all know, I go to B-dubs every, every Tuesday. I have not gone in the last couple of weeks because I have been banned by the manager of the local B-dubs by me. Now, y'all may have seen me tweet about this about two, three weeks ago. So let me tell you the long and short of it. The manager there, his name is Daniel, has accused me of filing a complaint about my order every single week. And what do I order, according to him? Lemon pepper wings. I have not ordered lemon pepper wings from B-dubs in God knows how long, you know. And I can tell you, I, I have I filed a complaint maybe a total of seven times in the 15 years I've been going to that place. So, you know, that should tell you something. So, And Gina uh, asks, how do you get banned from a restaurant? Simple. If the manager feels that you are taking advantage of the situation, like, here's the thing. If you've never done it, this is what usually happens. If you are not happy with your meal because of something happens or whatever, and if you go through the website and lodge an issue about it, the local restaurant will contact you apologizing and will either comp your meal or give you 50% off the next time you come in. That's generally how they do it. So I guess according to this guy, I was doing it almost every single week for a comped meal or something. So, you know, and the story, broke lying. Yo, I know he is and he can't sh and he can't show proof of it either. So the story broke the camel's back was like three weeks ago when I ordered, um, I ordered, uh, takeout. I got boneless instead of bone in. And when I went to go explain it, he was like. He copped an attitude and said, no, I'm not acknowledging this, this, and that. And he had me escorted out by security. What he doesn't know is probably in the next couple of days, I'm contacting my bank and I'm getting a charge back on that meal. And I don't care if it was like 14 bucks. That's 14 bucks he's not getting back. 
So, and as Ron before twenty one says, people. that's why I take pics of the meal every time I lodge a complaint. And you're right, I should have done that, but I didn't think something like this was going to happen. So on Tuesdays, I I take in the, I take this time to try other places with wings, and I have to say, I'm kind of iffy about that. Not in the aspect of other wing places are expensive, like almost twenty bucks for a dozen wings. But then again, it is New York City. It's kind of understandable. Um, something. You know, because like last week, I you're gonna review bomb them or something like that. Yeah, I'm going to file. I'm going to go on there on like their Yelp and all that, and just give them one star and explain my reasoning. Let them deal with that. I have called corporate, which is like um a help desk in the Philippines or somewhere. So I'm going to call it again. I'm like, look, I need somebody from your main offices to call me, whatever. And that's how exactly how I'm going to roll. And so I find a better place. Now, my first thing was I'll go to the B-dubs in Times Square, which is, according to Google Maps, no longer exists. Oops. Closed down, huh? Probably so, but I don't even see it on the map at all. Does their website listed as a location? I don't think so, and I wasn't thinking straight about that because I'm like, well, it's not that big of a deal. So you know, I will check Google Maps. You know, or, you know, because you know, I would think that'd be a lot more accurate, but you know, it isn't. So I guess I I went oops on that. I, I just wasn't thinking clearly in this whole situation on how to handle it. You know. Mm-hmm. Like I'm actually on the website now, and I'm actually checking. You know, and what do you know? The new the Times Square location no longer pops up on the website. Hmm. I may stop by there and see what it's become. I do understand due to the pandemic, a lot of restaurants have closed and I get that. And if that's the case, then, you know, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Still sucks, though. And looks like one of our listeners, Ron before 21, is moving to Tennessee. He says, I'll be missing the show, so I'll take the fridge over a 14-hour drive and missing jam session. Just remember, like Ari says, if you got the app, you can listen to us on the road. So, And if you don't have and the if you're app, not driving, you can just you know, watch us on your phone. Not even that. You can just download, you can listen to the episode in your, in, from our website, AnimeJamSession.com, or whatever you use for listening to podcasts. That's one way or another. And once you get settled in, we do want to know how you're doing, so... Drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com or pop in the chat and let us know. And now that we got all of that out of the way, let's get into um, housekeeping. Let's see what we got here. Oh, wrong window. All right. Um, don't forget, all episodes of Anime Jam Session starting from 2021 videos are on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Anime Jam Session. Uh, just click on Podcast VODs. Episodes are up Thursdays at 12 noon. If it's not up by 12, it'll be up later that day because I most likely did forget. So my apologies. Don't forget to check out the VOG Network Pro Shop at vognetwork.com slash shop. There's some great merch there to help support us and VOG Network keep running. So we appreciate that. And here's our list of upcoming conventions. As always, this list may change due to uh, COVID-19 restrictions and regulations where these conventions are and availability of staff due to our real-time jobs. Uh, AAC, October 22nd to the 24th. DerpyCon, October 29th to the 31st. The Unconvention, November 12th to the 14th. 
Anime NYC, November 19th to the 21st, and ZenkaiCon, March 25th to the 22nd, 2022. Now that we got that out the way, we're going to get into the part of the show y'all, y'all really enjoy, Geek Roundtable. This is where we talk about, briefly, our more geekier aspects of our weekly lives. So, Ari, what you got for us? I got a couple little things. Like, this is the t-shirt I was telling you about mm-hmm. last time. Yeah? Oh, okay. From my, the uh, guys, you've made a, the Juggernaut bitch and all, all sorts of different, uh, you know, dubs on uh, YouTube. And whatnot. Mm. They still they still record stuff and stream and all that. Oh, okay. And uh, another thing is this. The hell? This, it, <clears throat> it's from Dugout Mugs. It is a, is a shot glass made mm. out of a baseball bat. And when you order it, you... You can get whatever team logo you want on there. First things first, you need to send me a link to that. Secondly, um, I got I got something kind of related that I got to share. So they hold about like almost a full one of these. Mm-hmm. I still have some of these laying around. Oh, okay. But but uh, they also like they also do uh, mugs out of the uh, top barrel of the bat. Okay, sounds I, I, good. I gave one of those to a friend for Christmas a year or so ago so, and uh, they really loved it. Yeah, And to answer Gina's uh, question, yes, Comic Con was this weekend. Uh, I had friends who went. There were some great photos. It was dead like always. I'd have to assume if Comic Con gets about 100,000 people in turnstile numbers, it was at least 45,000. So There were so many people complaining about having to show proof of vaccination. Tough shit. Anywho, Ah, uh, Mako-chan, what's that you got there? Uh, yeah, so I figure, eh, it's October, I will show off some of my spoopy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but this actually is, uh, the Hocus Pocus, uh, tabletop game. Oh. Uh, it's, I, I actually, I have not played it. I've had it for a little while, and I have not played it. Uh, but it is based off of the movie, um, you basically wake up the witches and then your job is to screw up their potion so that um, they basically are forced to go uh, back into their slumber or die. Um, it's supposed to be supposedly tied into what the sequel supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I completely doubt it since they, you know, hadn't written it by the time this game was produced. Um, but it is based off of the movie, so I, I'm, I had to get it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, that, that's my geek thing. Sweet. Um, see, my geeky aspect is, let's see, what have, what have I been doing? Oh, right. Hold on. Let me show this off too. <laughs> I totally forgot about this. As he disappears go. into the Ronma abyss. <laughs> Ronma abyss. Two amazing, cool things. Uh, number one, well, Metroid Dread Special Edition. Unfortunately, yeah, due to my uh, wallpaper in the background, you can't see it too well, but here's the best I can do. And here's the story behind it. I went and pre-ordered the original. I totally forgot there was a special edition. Didn't realize it. When I went to find out, gone. I've made several complaints to eBay to get like the pre-orders taken down to no avail. So I'm like, you know, I'll just get the regular edition of the game and be happy. 
Well, I didn't know. Well, the Thursday, that Thursday night, the game came out last Friday. So, <laughs> so what happened was I happened to check Twitter and Wario 64 said that the, that this was available on Best Buy. Grabbed my phone, fired up the app, just kept pushing a button until I was able to secure one. So I was able to get one and buy it and picked it up at the Union Square store. And then I canceled my other copy. So, yes, I have played the game. It, it's, it's open. It's open. It's open. I have been playing it since Friday, and it is a great game. And to everybody who is comparing Metroid Dread to Dark Souls, you're weak. Your whole family is weak, and your entire lineage is weak. Shame and dishonor on you and your cow. Dread plays no different from Super Metroid, Fusion, Return of Samus, and all other games. It's just a great game. Yes, there's that one beast that kills you, but you do figure out a way to kill it. But, you know, other than that, it's just a great game, and I'm enjoying it. And the second thing, like I said, that Ari... Kind of connects to what Ari was saying was I had a friend that went to Turks and Caicos for vacation And when anyone goes on vacation, I always tell them bring me back a shot glass or a coffee mug because t-shirts fall apart And I run out of space, but shot glasses and coffee mugs are forever So she got me Everybody, you don't break them. <laughs> yeah, she got me this awesome wooden shot glass from Turks and Caicos Nice cool And I will tell you this now this thing is so awesome I do drink out of my other shot glasses. This one? Nah, not happening. So mm -hmm. not happening. <laughs> you want to preserve that one as much as possible. Exactly. And as Ron before Tommy says, in regards to what I said previously, except for the cow comment, it was a complete tweet from earlier. Yes, it was. I added the cow part later when somebody on my Facebook actually uh, mentioned it. So I was like, boom, you know? So that's basically has been our weeks and days. So let's get down to business. Um, let me see who let me see who has the first article because I know I have to do some. I did, oh well, shoot, I didn't even um assign anybody. So we'll just run right into it. Um, you know what, Marco, you take the first story and I will take the second one. Okay. And Ari can grab the next two after that. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, it looks like uh, the Attorney General Josh Shapiro is suing the organizers of the Greater Philadelphia Comic Con over failure to issue COVID-19 cancellation refunds. Um, I actually was reading something about this. I am surprised and yet not surprised mm -hmm. that somebody finally actually got up off their ass to do something about it um basically pennsylvania's top law enforcer is suing the organizers of the greater philadelphia comic con over claims that they violated consumer protection laws when they failed to issue ticket holders refunds after the event was canceled uh it was announced last wednesday uh, that Josh Shapiro filed the civil action against Easton PA-based company Great Conventions LLC and its owner, Christopher Wirtz, for allegedly violating consumer laws when they canceled the Comic-Con event that was supposed to take place back in early April 2020, um, which was, you know, the beginning of the coronavirus. 
So uh, he says, after repeatedly rescheduling the event due to COVID-19 restrictions, defendants effectively canceled the event in March of 2021. Since then, Great Conventions, LLC, and Wirtz have ignored multiple requests from ticket holders for refunds. They made no effort to either reschedule the convention or give consumers their money back. Um, Shapiro goes on to say that COVID-19 related cancellations cannot be an excuse for businesses to just walk away with consumers' money. I've been clear since the beginning of the pandemic that sort of thing is just not acceptable. By filing this suit, we're protecting uh, consumers by ensuring they are not victims of a different kind of con. Um, so originally the convention was supposed to take place, um, in, uh, April of 2020. It was then rescheduled for September of 2020, giving the reasons of, you know, the restrictions and everything like that. Uh, at that time, the defendants told the consumers that your tickets are valid and will remain so for the new dates of September 4th through 6th. Um, organizers went on to say that if consumers could not attend that April, they could use their tickets to attend the Comic-Con the following year in April 2021. In July of 2020, the defendant said that due to continued government regulations, the event would then be rescheduled for dates in April 2021. Then in March of 2021, organizers announced that the event would not be held in April after all, and that they intended to schedule the show as soon as it was reasonably safe to do so. Uh, the lawsuit says that as of September 30th, 2021, the Greater Philadelphia Comic-Con website, website still shows event dates of April 2021, although it has yet to take place. Upon information and belief, defendants currently have no date scheduled for holding the Comic-Con event. Defendants have failed to respond to communications from multiple consumers seeking refunds for tickets purchased to the Comic-Con. Defendants have failed to issue refunds for Comic-Con tickets to consumers who demanded them. Uh, so, yeah, um... The, the really funny, the really funny part is, is that there's such a vast range in the price of these tickets. Um, some of the tickets went from thirty dollars, and then I guess VIP tickets ended up at two hundred and twenty-five dollars. So I can completely understand if people ended up getting, you know, two or three VIP tickets, that they would want that money mm -hmm. back. I can only imagine. <laughs> Now, I'm going to assume the reason why they were kind of pussyfooting around with the money is because they needed that money to hold on to whatever deposit they needed for the for the convention center or something like that. And yeah, this, my guess is they don't have that money anymore. Yeah. I was going to think, like, I was thinking they had pissed it away on something. I, I think, like, I think related to the convention, yeah. I mean. I think it we're might at the not be anything to do with that. It could be that it went towards convention related stuff that they're being told has to be held, which obviously means that they can't refund people. But at the same time, that would have to be stated. Hey, you know, your money is in, you know, a, a deposit for the hotel or your money is in a deposit for airline tickets that they're not refunding. You know, you have to give something along those lines so that people know exactly where the money went. Um, the fact that they haven't done that means that they have either spent the money on themselves, given that, you know, they went through a pandemic and probably were out of work. Or 
they still have the money and they're just not willing to give it up because if they give up that money, they means that it means that they can't reschedule the convention. You took the words right out of my mouth because I was going to say that but along with the aspects of we're at a point where we need transparency. Like people complain about the price of MAGFest tickets going up. And I assume those people who don't know all the drama with MAGFest has been going on, which explains why tickets have gone up. But if you put on your because website... other conventions at that hotel, like the Trash the Place. Let's not even go there with that. But still, with a spike in prices, they need to be transparency. Explain why, you know? We're at that point. We're, we're past the point of, oh, it's X amount of money, here's my money. It's how much for a badge, here you go. It's how much for a badge... We're at the point where it's how much for a badge? All right, you need to explain why, you know? And as somebody well, I who, mean, you yeah. figure if you've got things like, um, let's say your Kickstarter, mm -hmm. you have to, when you're putting a Kickstarter together, you have to basically tell these people that are giving you money where exactly their money is going. And if you don't, keep up to date and let these people know what is going on you know where's their stuff what's going on with it they have a right to demand their money back mm -hmm. their money back and there are instances in which kickstarter has had to refund these people's money mm -hmm. because nothing ever came of the project mm -hmm. what's that about mighty number nine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we don't talk so about mighty number nine this is very much the same type of thing you are now over a year past not only, you know, your original, but you're you're coming up to a year past your, you know, your rescheduled convention. You've got thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars sunk into this. After two years, people want to know where the hell their money is. Exactly. Like, I, I ended up getting something off of Kickstarter before covid hit um obviously because of that production was at a standstill mm -hmm. and every month we still got an email hi guys you know this is what's going on this is why we're stalled we're hoping that we can get you know things back into production and you know hopefully next month we'll have better news and they basically, after that, once it got to, I think, six or seven months, they basically said, hey, if you guys want your refund, we can give you a refund. But, you know, we're still doing this. We're still planning on making this. You know, we're just in that time, they continued to develop things um, that were going to be coming out in like point two system for this system instead, because they had the time they have you know, the money still set aside to be able to do the upgrades then and there. And they're talking about it. And that's all these people need. That's some nice, refreshing mm -hmm. honesty on their part. Yep. Because they understand it's, it's, it's not just their money. It's your money, too. Right. But people are too greedy. And a lot of this happens with comic cons because of the people that are run. Whatever whatever i mean again this is part of the reason why i don't really like to attend comic cons because a lot of people who run comic cons think us anime fans are holier than down other stuff which i get and i understand but you know whatever 
We're constantly at each other's throats. And then some. Moving right along. Oh, I didn't even update. Whoops, my bad. Okay, now we're going to update again. We're going to talk about the world's greatest mangaka. And I will <laughs> and I will die on that hill. And I'm talking about Rumiko Takahashi. Now, we have discussed this more than once on this podcast about her being inducted into the Hall of Fame via the Harvey Awards. And it actually happened. This past Friday at New York Comic Con, there was a virtual awards ceremony. And it was done by the organizers of the Harvey Awards. And they honor outstanding work in comics, sequential art, and so forth. They had announced that their latest round of inductees is Rumiko Takahashi, Bernie Wrightson, Jeffrey Catherine Jones, Barry Windsor Smith, and Michael Kaluta. Since 1978, in her debut, Rumiko Takahashi has created such mangas like Yorose Yatsura, My Sunikoku, Mermaid Saga, Rumik Theater, Ranma One Half, One Pound Gospel, and now Inuyasha. Uh, and she's also worked on uh, her other manga called Rene, and I think she just started another one. Um, uh-huh. uh, Mal. She, 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 she's a hustler. She's a straight-up hustler, hard worker. Gotta love that. In her career of over four decades, many of her works have become internationally popular and inspired anime and live-action adaptations. In December 2017, she ended her Rene manga in Weekly Shonen Sunday. And the final volume of that 40th one shipped January 2018. And about almost two years later, she launched her latest manga called Mao in May of 2019. And now currently we have a spinoff of Inuyasha, as I call Inuyasha GT, called Yashihime <laughs> Princess Half Demon. I just have to say thank you, Ramiko. That's all I have to say. We're going to find out that you got that, her uh, self-portrait tattooed on you somewhere no, someday, aren't we? No, you'll never find that out because I don't have tattoos. I don't... I have this thing about uh, about getting tattoos. I don't think I could deal with the dulling pain of it, so I'm just like, no, I just won't. But there is a picture of her sitting down with a, with a laugh, laughter smile on her face. Um... Wearing a Def Jam, uh, Def Jam sweatshirt. I think that that is actually my favorite photo of her. So, and to refer back to our art to the, our last uh, topic, Hiccup Pixie says it costs that much because ball pits are expensive. Yeah, especially oh, when God. especially you when just someone had to bring that up, didn't you? Well, as, well, the thing is, especially when you someone pisses in and you got to pay someone to clean it up. I'm just saying. It's no such thing as cheap labor anymore, you know. And looks you like know, they the had ritualist, a ritualist, you know, chanting by fire be purged, mm. etc. True. And a decent amount of voice actors at Comic Con, which was great. One of my favorites was there, uh, Monica Rial. So I, I messaged, I, I think I tweeted or said on Instagram, make sure you get a bagel while you're in town, because where else are you gonna go for the best bagels in the goddamn world? I mean, come on. Come on. Okay, moving right along. Uh, it seems like an anime studio may be in debt, and that's not good. Oh, boy. 
Wit Studio is reportedly 886 million yen in debt. <clears throat> the former studio produced such hits as the first three seasons of Attack on Titan and The Ancient Magus' Bride is apparently not doing well financially. According to a report, Wit Studio had 40 had a 40.3% decline in revenue over the last fiscal year, losing 501 million yen, which is about uh, 4.4 million yen, 4.4 dollars. The studio <clears throat> this has reportedly sparked worries of the parent company IG Port who have taken it upon themselves to start to manage the studio from a business perspective. The report states that overall sales for Wit Studio declined from to but to 1.235 billion yen, which is about 11 million, with a recurring loss of 486 million yen for 4.34 million, and a bottom line loss of 501 million yen, which is again 4.47. This is in stark contrast to the year before, where the studio only lost 173 million yen, like 1.5 million U.S. Uh, the studio's report to have widened its deficit to 866 million yen. That's mm. almost $8 million. Due to these issues, IG Port is said to have stepped in, a very uncommon move for the parent company who usually leaves its subsidiary studios alone and implemented a subsidiary management project. The parent company will be working with the administration of WIT Studio to try and implement measures to return the studio to profitability and decrease its definite deficits and excess liabilities. Uh, Wit Studio only released a great pretender on Netflix during its time and halfway through the broadcast of Vivi Fluorite Eye Song, though it is not though it is not known if any of the past works that Wit Studio had an, had a hand in or any future works that were in production contributed to the loss. Now as uh uh Gene R. Brick one asks, because uh, of pirates, if piracy was the main issue with anime, I think a lot of studios would be, re would be reporting losses, and you would be seeing a lot more companies, like, put like cracking down red. hard on piracy. I think somebody is mismanaging the, the books, so maybe mm. they're going embezzlement. Over. Maybe. I don't think embezzlement, but if it is, it wouldn't surprise me. I just think maybe they're just spending more money that than they have you know going over the budget thinking oh we're gonna get this much back from this series and they do and then after they finish they're like oh we only have this much you know or you just just put out something that people don't like and they don't buy it could be and as ron before 21 says once again ball pits cost a grip well yeah basically wit studio ball pit cafe enter at your own risk Oh boy! Well, Jesus, like for the rest of my life, I'm gonna cringe every time I hear the word, the phrase "ball pit." <laughs> I mean, if you go on my Tumblr, um, a friend of mine actually photoshopped um the opening from Gravity Falls. It shows Grunkle stand with the house, and it just says um the name of that con established 2014. I think that's gotten like over 300 re uh uh reblogs. <laughs> Mystery Shack, yeah. <laughs> And that's a series I actually need to sit down and rewatch. So, okay. Um, hope you like. Like, hope you like having Pavlov, the uh, Pavlovian tra like dog training methods used on a child. All right. And I killed. And I killed the podcast. Lovely. 
I think the podcast was already on life support. And as Wash U says, 10 more, pit- 10 more minutes in the ball pit for you, sir. <sighs> we don't have a ball pit big enough. <laughs> oh, trust me. We do. But before you go into the ball pit, tell us about who threw out the first pitch. Oh, right. That. While we're on the uh, baseball, let, let, let me bring it up because uh, – oh, okay, here it is. I don't know why uh, it closed for whatever the hell reason. Uh, voice actress oh, – sorry, Sword Art Online stars Yoshitsuki Matsuoka, Ayana Takatatsu, and Hiroki Yatsumoto participated in the opening ceremonies for the Yorimuri Giants versus Yokohama Dena Bay Stars in a baseball game on October 2nd. Matsuoka, Takatatsu, and Yasumoto are all wearing custom Giants jerseys with their characters' names on the back, Kirito, Lifa, and Agil, respectively. Matsuoka started the game with the opening pitch with Yasumoto taking on the role as a catcher. And Takatatsu looked, took on her role as cheerleader. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Comic Net- Natalie reported that Matsuoka was able to land in press pitches during the practice for the game's lead-up, but that all three voice actors appeared nervous when they arrived on the mound. In the end, Matsuoka was able to relax and deliver a pitch to Yatsumoto after initially making a bulk. Matsuoka later commented that he was so nervous he hadn't been able to sleep the night before the game. <laughs> He's a baseball fan and admitted to having the jitters. And the Giants won that game 5-4. to four. I... Uh, The event was part of an overall campaign between the, Sword Art on- between the Giants and Sword Art Online, the movie Progressive Area Aria of a star- Starless Night which opens in Japan on October 30th. Funimation will screen the movie both standard and IMAX theaters in the U.S. and Canada on December 3rd, and in Australia and New Zealand on December 9th. The movie will also screen soon in the U.K., Ireland, and Latin America. I find it kind of interesting, right around the time when the American baseball season ends, the Japanese baseball season starts. Hmm. Also, I don't think I ever told anyone to this before, mm-hmm. but this is like decades ago when my dad worked at Carvel and the, their corporate offices were up close to the New York City. Yeah. I think. Um, they like, they had a Carvel day at a at I think it was Shea Stadium at mm-hmm. the time. They were hosting the Padres. Yeah. And uh, and we got to sit like real close and all, and you know, like right by the dugout. And uh, I got to throw out the first ball, you know, from from my seat. No first pitch or anything like that, but. You know, got like got the name up on the scoreboard and everything. It was fun. That's cool. But yeah, like which I thought was okay, but, but because you know, because you know, Phillies fan, you know, did have any emotional investment in the game. Mm, gotcha. That and John Crook was uh, still my spirit animal. <laughs> Fair. Until Super Bowl Fifty Two, that is. No, fair enough. I get that. <laughs> All right. I'll take the next one. And, uh, and Michael, you take the last one since that's basically your fandom in a nutshell. Okay. Not your fandom, but it, it's, it's your shtick. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've talked about on prior episodes about the upcoming Madoka movie. But looks like there's going to be a tied-in real escape game for, for it. And in this one, you face Walpurgisnatch. Good luck with that. Walpurgisnacht. 
Du hast mich. Well, Prudjusnak. Du hast. Du hast mich. Just use the English equivalent, which is Witch's Night. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> is, that, is that also Halloween? <laughs> Uh, no, this is actually, or, um, or your the, other this birthday. This is actually April 30th. Oh. Well, it's also your other birthday too, so. <laughs> Bazinga. All right. So basically in this upcoming real escape game, players will take on the role of students at Miti at Mira Kihara Middle School who are rescued by Madoka after wandering into a witch's labyrinth. The players must then gather information about the witches from Madoka and take on a command center-like role to help to defeat the sweet witch Charlotte, you know, the one that took um, Mammy's head, and the most fearsome witch uh, while Persia's. The escape from... I'm going, I'm going to fuck it up, so... Witch's Night. <laughs> or as they have here, Witch's Night no Yoru Kara no Dashuts. Real Escape game will open on December 2nd at the Real Escape game location in Harajuku. Other locations will include Nagoya, Osaka, Fukuoka, Sapporo, and Yokohama. You can play this game by yourself or have a team of four. The Madoka anime is currently celebrating its 10th anniversary with a commemorative exhibition. The upcoming movie, uh, Valpurjnash Rising film, which is the sequel to the third film, Rebellion. It will return will feature a returning staff from the original series and films, including the creator original creators Majga Quartet, Chief Director Akiyuki Simbo, scriptwriter Gen Orobuchi from Nitro Plus, and original character designs by Umi Aoki. But as of right now, we do not know when the movie will be out. And now I think of it because it's a German word. It that's what it's like, Valpo just knocked. Mm-hmm. Suddenly remembered my Wagner. Jawohl. <laughs> oh, is it my turn now? Yes, it is. It is. Okie dokie. So, um, since. Squid Game is uh, uber popular right now, given the holiday season and all of its spoopiness. Um, here is a list of Japanese Survivor Game-based shows, which are like Squid Game. All of these are either on Hulu or Netflix, so they're all on there right now, and you can go watch. Um, so, obviously... Squid Game is a, you know, all of these people playing kitty games for money. Um, when they are the final person there, you know, they get a bunch of money. Uh, what follows in this list are very similar, somewhat type of series. Uh, the first is a cult classic movie, mm. Battle Royale, mm. which I think uh, a lot of anime and japan fans know of this movie i think this was uh one of those first holy crap what the hell have you got me watching i type think of things. i think that was one of the first uh movies i downloaded way back when that's yeah, that's so. that's deserving of a rewatch and i still want my battle royale first person shooter uh survival horror game okay yeah 
Uh, so Battle Royale, for those that don't know, um, basically it is set in the future and follows 42 ninth graders. Now, these are ninth graders forced to fight to death by the government. They're sent to a deserted island. They're given a map, food, and maybe a couple of weapons. Um, this was actually one of the first movies that I saw beat Takeshi in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays the role of the teacher, and he was actually the highest profile cast member in the entire movie. Um, so, you know, you this whole premise is that you've got 42 ninth graders that get trapped on this island and they are not allowed off until only one survives and they go through and end up uh you know having to kill each other Mm -hmm. this one is on netflix and hulu this is just uh the first one they did make a sequel movie it was not as good it wasn't it was too political quote-unquote well um the director of the first one ended up dying after just shooting one scene um he ended up uh, dying of cancer so they had to go with his son who wrote the screenplay for both of the movies uh but it still it did not live up to the first gotta love how uh how they used 42 kids in there because it sounds because the numbers said individually sound like die Mm. or shine Uh, So the next one is Liar Game. Um, This is actually a TV drama. Uh, So the series takes on uh, as a naive college student has been given 100 million yen to play a mysterious game. She has to return the money after a month. But before that, she must take on an opponent who can steal her money and vice versa. Um, so you're basically, if you have this money by the end of the month, you survive. Um, and if you don't, you're killed. Mm. So you can watch Liar Game, The Final Stage, and Liar Game Reborn on Netflix. Uh, the next is Kaiji. Um, this is a... Um, the series was originally published in 1996, amassed a cult-like following. It was later adapted into a live-action film trilogy. Um, this trilogy is... Uh, they say it's an absurd, absurd, over-the-top kind of... And I, I've watched some of it, and it is just kind of really out there. Um, but the all three movies are on Hulu... Or the first two and the anime series. Um, well, no, the anime series can be seen on both. And then the first two films are also on Netflix. Um, so, yes, there is an anime series on this one, too. Mm. Uh, then there is Gantz, which, again, this is a manga. This is an anime, and it's a live action. The live action films are on Hulu. The anime series is on Netflix. Um, and this is... a uh yeah so two college students are killed in a train crash and following their deaths they are transported to another world where they must hunt down and kill aliens if they score 100 points they can be resurrected or bring a person of their choosing back to life uh number five is as the gods will and this again is um very much like squid game where it's Mm -hmm. based around children's games um 
the first takes place in a, a classroom and you're playing the Dorama Fell Over, which is the Japanese version of Red Light, Green Light. Um, and then you start playing more games after that. And if you don't keep up or you lose, you get your heads blown off. And that one can be found on Hulu. Then there is the Insight Mill. Um, and that is uh, 10 strangers assembled at a secluded destination under false pretenses, just like the Agatha Christie classic. Mm. Um, and you're basically going through. It's a huge psychological experiment. Uh, this one I did watch. It is really, really good. It kind of sounds um, kind of reminds me of Danganronpa in a way. Danganronpa yeah, meets yeah. Knives Out. Uh, so this one is on um, Netflix, and then the last is Alice in Borderland, which is amazing. Oh, that was so good! I can't wait for uh, season two. Yeah. So um, this one is also on Netflix. It is uh, right now season one. Season two is in the works and should be coming out shortly. Um, but this one basically, uh, uh, it's the main character and two of his friends running into a public bathroom to evade police. When they reemerge, the streets of Japan's capital are completely empty, including, you know, the uh, I iconic Shibuya Scramble Crossing. Um, and the whole time, they're basically forced to play games um, and compete in puzzles and try and survive as other people are trying to kill them. And the more they survive um, to try and get through this game, the better their chances are of surviving the whole entire game, which is based on cards. You have to collect, um, you have to collect a, a deck of cards as you're playing the game. So it's really, really fun. It is based off of, um, I believe a manga or mm -hmm. a manga. Yeah. Um, it, and again, it's really, really good. Uh, Ronman, I actually sat one weekend and watched the entire first season. It was just that good. We could not yep. stop watching it. Show enough. So, yeah. So that is seven different um, series that are also kind of like Squid Game, if you're interested. Um, and again, they're all on Hulu or Netflix. So I know most of you have that. Yeah, mm -hmm. Battle Royal pretty much started an entire genre of uh, stuff like that. All right, and before we get into our next question here from Serenity Four Ten A Eight about Halloween anime, uh, Hiccup Pixie says, "My daughter saw the thumbnail of Madoka and was like, ooh, mommy, can I watch that?' The, the speed I reached to take the controller from her reached Mach One at least, and that's <laughs> good parenting. I don't unless unless your children can handle Sailor Moon and essentially dying and shit getting really deep by stars, you know." If they can handle that, I would say maybe Madoka, maybe, but you know. Now, they mentioned Magical Girl Raising Project. Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And for Halloween anime, there's only one that I can think of ghost stories. <laughs> um,. Yeah, Ghost Stories is fun, mostly because it completely takes the piss out of the original premise. Yes. But it's still, you know, I would also say maybe 
I want to say Ghost in the Shell, but that's more sci-fi than it would be Halloween, you know? Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of different uh, horror enemies out there. Uh, or just dealing with Supernatural and things like that. Helsing. Uh, yeah, you've got Helsing. Um, just basically, I mean, there are the uh, Darkstalker OVAs. Mm-hmm. Yep, those are good, yep. Um, just you've got stay Devil away May from Cry. the uh, American cartoon of uh, Darkstalkers. I have that, and it's amazing. Don't start. <laughs> it's the it, wrong kind of amazing. It is, yes, it is amazingly horrible, but it's also amazing. Uh, but yeah, Fair. I mean, any any kind of, you know, there are tons of spoopy type of things like that, but there you, you also have your psychological stuff. Um, if you're into more of a psychological thriller, you've got, you know, Lane, you've got things like that, you know, going old school. So there, there's plenty out there. And uh, quite quite a bit of it is on, again, Netflix. Hulu's mm-hmm. got their own anime now. Um, you've got different anime uh, streaming sites that do free as long as it's not, you know, the simulcast kind of stuff. So, or a chunk with ads, either and, one. And yeah. also, a, a good chunk of the anime that's on Hulu is coming from Funimation as well. So. Mm-hmm. So there's that. All right. Shall we get into the best part of the show that everyone literally sticks around for? Uh, meanwhile, sure. in Japan, this is a part of the show where we talk about odd stuff that happened in Japan. And there's a possibility Mako might crack one of our brains from whatever articles that she submits. And I throw up there and be like, let's see what happens. Oh, my God. No. Hey, I... I can try as hard as I can, but I can only bring you what Japan has done. So this is really Japan cracking you guys, Mm. not me. But you enjoy it, so technically, by proxy. Yeah. You're the instigator. Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, basically, because if I have to read it, so do you. (laughs) Okay, I'm calling dibs on the second... Tons of bad fan art has been re- reacted to the same way, mm-hmm. Mako. Exactly. And I'll take the last one, then. I called dibs on the second one. Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to do the first one, then. All right. <laughs> Just because I thought this was so weirdly amazing. And and I bet and you... Weird. I bet you right now, Mako John, you wish you could walk into like a corner store, put you know, put your quarter in the morning those machines, instead of getting a gumball, the the thing the capsule pops open and it's just a fat stack of cash. Yeah, right. Hell of a return on your investment. Yeah, I know. That's not my luck. Uh, so yeah, um, there is now a capsule uh, vending machine in Japan. That is giving you random destination airplane tickets. So obviously living in Japan, everything comes out of a vending machine. And now you can do that with, you know, things like airplane tickets. Mm. So um, the this is being done by Peach, which is a Japanese airline. And inside each capsule is a round-trip airplane ticket. Technically, it's a code to exchange through Peach's Peach Point mileage service. 
but the end result is the same. You buy a capsule, you get a round-trip airfare to random. Um, so there are a set number of possibilities, which are 12. Uh, the tickets uh, with, um, you start off at uh, basically the Tokyo Haneda Airport. Um, that's where you start and you stop. The possible des- destinations are Sapporo, uh, Memambetsu, and Kushira in Hokkaido, uh, Kansai International, which is in Osaka, Fukuoka, Nagasaki, Miyakazaki, o- uh, Oita, and Kogoshima, which are on the southwest island of Kyushu, and Naha, New Ishigai, and Am. Amami in Okinawa. Uh, yay. Each capsule is $46. Um, so they're not something that you're just going to be able to obviously get with pocket change. Thankfully, unless you have a lot of yen on you. Yeah. Mm. Uh, thankfully your departure date isn't random. Um, so you can redeem the ticket for any time between when you purchase your capsule and March 31st of 2022. In addition, uh, Peach has a second set of Gasha tickets going from Osaka's International Airport. And these possible destinations are to uh, Sendai, Niigata, um, on, the sea of, uh, on the Sea of Japan coast, Narita, outside of Tokyo and Chiba Prefecture, and then the same destinations in Hokkaido, Kyushu, and Okinawa. Um with the exclusion of Oita. Mm. So at least they're not making you all go out of Tokyo if you happen to live in one of these, you know, other cities as well. Um, but not for nothing, if you're looking to just do kind of like a weekend trip or something like that, uh, here is a way to be able to do that and just kind of randomly go somewhere. I think that's kind of cool. I, it's definitely something I would think about doing just to, you know, get up and go and you know, not have to drive somewhere. Basically. I mean, I mean, not for nothing. Like I said, when I went to uh, South Carolina, that that was like an hour, 15 minute flight. So, you know, that wasn't bad, you know, for a weekend in South Carolina. Mm hmm. So. I, I definitely. Now the second story is making me kind of hungry again, <laughs> even because I do have ramen in, in the cabinets down here. But it's good ramen. Yes, good ramen. I I always buy the good stuff. Now, come on. There are some things in this world I don't. I only skim. have one little pack of the top ramen left. No, no, no. You 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 need some ich, ichiban ramen. Some of the good stuff. I hear you. Um, let's see. Hold on here. Let me. I I just had my window open. Here we go. All right. So the reason I'm talking about ramen is because a Japanese ramen shop has banned YouTubers. How about them apples? (laughs) For, For the record. Japan has a complex relationship with YouTubers. 
on the one hand, is constantly among the top professions that children aspire to be. Well, in America, it's that or gamer, you know. But on the other hand, people hate them. Especially in a country where people value being able to ride in silence even on trains. Having a nice moment of in uninterrupted, I mean, having a nice moment interrupted by somebody filming themselves with posts on the internet is seen as to be particularly selfish and annoying. <sighs> Anywho. This is why one popular Kyoto ramen shop, Ginjo Ramen Kubota, has decided to put a stop to it in the most blunt way possible. They straight up say, basically, in the interest of customers being able to eat in peace, YouTubers have been banned. The note from the tweet actually says, concerning YouTubers coming to our shop, a notice. Recently, people have come to our shop saying, I'm a YouTuber, I'm going to take some videos. But here on, we are banning them from coming to our shop. To put it bluntly, it's kind of gross and uncomfortable to come in during business hours and just start taking videos, and it bothers the other customers too. We will not allow them in from now on. I respect that. Yeah, we had the same glut of problems here with influencers, mm -hmm. you know, trying to... Like trying to hassle, you know, local places to get free stuff and mm. say, "Oh, think of the exposure you're going." Exposure. Oh, no. The e word. Ugh. Here's the thing: there are some influencers who can name a company this or that, and their and their numbers, their money, they'll make bank. There are a few that are like that. Those are the ones that are okay. Everybody else get a real job. Anywho. The shop doesn't go into more detail than the tweet, but based on the clear-cut wording, you'd have to imagine they were pushed to the edge by several incidents. Due to the fact that they're a well-known ramen shop in Kyoto, this could be something they had to deal with nearly every day. And while they're specifically calling out YouTubers here, it's probably safe to assume that the ban applies to live streaming to Twitch and other platforms too. Yes, mukbangs, mukbang tweets are... Yeah. yeah. As one... Uh, person on Twitter said a YouTuber came in when I was eating they didn't shut up and I was anxious that I might be filmed it used to be a place I could enjoy my food in peace as an adult they should know to get permission in advance way too many of them mistakenly think that exposure on their channel makes it okay and your no nonsense stance on this is praiseworthy and it is Others agreed, and there were comments such as, be sure to set up an exorbitantly high filming fee for any of them that do film without permission. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want to be in anyone's YouTube video. I applaud what you're doing here. Feels like a lot of the YouTubers don't understand that the TV shows where someone just barges into a restaurant are actually planned in advance. Yeah, for a while I thought they weren't, but you know. While there are, were a few voices saying that the policy is unfortunate for the decent YouTubers who do ask permission in advance, they understand where the shop is coming from. Although, as others have pointed out, the shop could probably prepare for an onslaught of people who are going to want to make prank video content by accidentally leaving their phones recording inside or something. Maybe the shop can add a new, menu, new item to the menu. Leftover YouTuber smartphone ramen. It'll be filled with the uh, broken phones, obviously. Like, like get the chops again. Ooh, piece of circuit board. Mm. Yeah, I actually, I actually follow uh, a YouTube, a YouTuber 
that goes to all of these different restaurants. Um, Mike Chen, he's actually a Strictly Dumpling. And he goes all over the world uh, finding different restaurants. But you can always tell that he's spoken to somebody beforehand Mm -hmm. because of where he's placed. He never has anybody behind him. Um, No serving staff ever has to go behind him. And usually when he's walking around, there's nobody there. So, you know, you know that he's definitely going in there and being able to go at a time that it's not crowded or being given that time to uh, before open or after close or something like that. Yeah. And as Washi Otaku says, I'm known to use my influence to get extra toppings at Domino's. I would love to use my influence to overtop the manager at the at the Buffalo Wild Wings, but it is what it now, is. That, that, that doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. You're a New Yorker. But... No, no, no. You're a New Yorker. What the hell are you doing eating at Domino's? I right. miss having extra influence to get extra toppings at Domino's. All right. Ari, <laughs> you, you, you have to understand something. When there are those times where you, you're kind of short on cash, so a $6 pie sounds pretty good knowing you it'll take you two days to eat it, you know? I I have friends who have given me gift cards to Domino's, gift cards to Papa John's, pizza. I use them. It's food. Yes, I know real pizza. But, you know, I mean, there hey, at some point, food is food. Yeah. But also, they are like, I, when, I, when I have other towners come to visit, I take them to some of the best pizzerias. But when they start coming into town to hang out on the regular, we just pull money together and call Domino's and be like, fuck it, you know? Because I tell you this now, whether it's Domino's or Papa John's or Pizza Hut, bunch of friends and like 30 bucks goes a long way. Mm. I guess you don't have Little Caesars where you are. Yeah, that it closed up and became a, a Metro by T-Mobile store. Oof. I know. Not for nothing, I, I kind of miss Little Caesars, but it is what it is. Again, like I have said, Avenue, the, the street, the street up the way, five pizzerias and a Papa John's. That should tell you something. <laughs> ah, this one's mine, right? Yup. A 176-year-old brewer and gourmet chip maker produce a snack like no other. The size of the cups that sake is traditionally served are similar in size to shot glasses, counter-argument, but Japan's national spirit isn't something it's supposed to be gulped down. Amateurs. Yes, it is. Sake is a drink to be sipped and savored, usually while having something to eat, too, so that the interplay of flavors makes for harmonious, delicious synergy. Koshi Meijo, a sake brewer founded in Niigata Prefecture in 1845, is particularly committed to the aspect of sake culture. It's Yashi, Yamashi Royas special class brewed for a smooth flavor and mild aroma to make for easy pairings with a variety of foods. But just like Yamashi Roya is created to go well with food, there's now a food that's been specifically created to go well with Yamashi Roya, and surprisingly, it's a potato chip. Chipmaker Kuikea, whose previous Japan Japanese-style innovations have included Matcha chips, gold leaf chips, Pikachu chips. Damn. 
Set up to design a new chip that would have sake fans reaching for the cup after every bite. Very near unusual name, Mikansei, meaning incomplete, and with the potato chips are not complete written on the bag. The chips came about after multiple playing sessions and taste tests between Koyeke and Koshimejo, during which two companies tested not only different seasoning combinations, but even multiple potential shapes for the snacks. And I would look at them, but the images aren't loading up my screen for whatever reason. Eventually, they settled in the classy combination of shrimp, oyster, and olive oil flavors. Chosen for how well the mixture meshed with the strong rice notes of Yamashimura's special class. And a palate-pleasing characteristic of Nigare Sake. They're being sold in a special bundle of three gram bags of chips... The 350 gram bags of chips, a little less than two ounces, mm-hmm. plus a 300 millimeter bottle of Yamashiroya special class, priced at about 2200 yen, about $20. Oh, and they also have sake for ramen, but that's another story. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that the people who make this kind of sake would probably do backflips in their graves. <laughs> If they saw what we do at conventions with mixers and whatnot. Probably not, but don't forget, Mako would probably do um, Girl Scout cookie and sake tip pairings. You know that. There's a list. See? What did I tell you? <laughs> no, I'm there, talking there's, like... there's a sake list, there's a wine list, <laughs> and I think there's a beer list. <laughs> no, I'm talking about making, you know, half Dr. Pepper and half sake. We call it Mr. Sparkle. No. Gina says, I like to sip a, sip a nice soju once in a while. Soju is good. That, I, I'll get that. And to go back to, you know, the whole about pizza. Hiccup Pixie says, if a two bros was in my part of Harlem, I wouldn't need to go to Domino's. And I've had two bros. You know, that, yes. Absolutely. And on top of that, it's I've never like heard I, of two bros. And on top of that, there, there's like a small chain of pizzerias in New York City. And like I always hear people argue between Popeyes and KFC for better chicken. I'm like, y'all can keep arguing. I'm going to the halal spot where I know I can get I can get a good meal for the third for a third for a third of the cost. So I'll see y'all later, alright? You gotta show me that place because it sounds amazing. What place? The whole lot place you're just talking about. It's probably I. I bet you, right, dude. You can drive into Philly and find a whole bunch of them. It's just the local chicken shacks. That's all it is. I get you. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, you know when we go to Zenkai Con, that pizzeria that's a block down. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. Uh, Gina, uh, she's asking what's a Two Bros. Two Bros is basically a small chain of pizzeria. Yeah. And Ron, before talking, says, I found a halal Chinese restaurant and it's amazing. I've come across one and I know there is a Jamaican Chinese restaurant up in the Bronx that I'm probably going to make my way up to and try. So. And now that we got that out the way. In near record-breaking time, I think it's time to wrap up the show. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
Well, if you like the show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters, and we tell you how it is what we like and don't like. So if you have any questions about tonight's show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. Check out our website at animejamsession.com where you will find our weekly podcast, anime uh, reviews, editorials, cosplay tips and tricks, cosplay interviews, links to our YouTube uh, videos for convention coverage, links to our Facebook for cosplay photos, and so much more at AnimeJamSession.com. And don't forget, you can listen to our show on the go. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, whatever you use for listening to podcasts, just do a search for Anime Jam Session and it'll come right up. And you can take a listen. And what's cool is a lot of these apps a lot have a section you know for leaving reviews so we'd like to hear what you think as well if you don't want to drop us an email we appreciate that and don't forget to follow us on our social medias youtube twitter and facebook it's all anime jam session so follow us on our socials so you know when we're going live an article when our website's updated when we have videos going up when we have more photos to share so all that and then some um and don't forget our tip jar down below uh, there's links to our Ko-Fi and our links to our Streamlabs, so you can click on that and throw us a few dollars here and there. And I also want to say why, why I have this opportunity. Uh, Egen from Cosplay in America uh, bought us a Ko-Fi uh, last week. I forgot to mention it, but he did. I just want to say, Egen, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. It's the little things like that. Nice. And yeah, thank you. And bits. Like if you like the show, throw us some bits. Um, if you follow us, if we go live. Host us, you know, auto hosting is no longer a thing, but every little bit counts, so we really appreciate that. And so now we're gonna go around the room. Last words, Ari. Uh, I'm really not looking forward to having to go into work tomorrow night. Well, tomorrow night and a few nights after that. I hear you on that. Last words, Mako chan. I am so tired. Mm. <laughs> My last words. I gotta do all this editing, get into Metroid Dread, and be in bed and wake back up. So it's going to be a bit of a compact night. So, you know, that is it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode as we continue our con season, so on and so forth. So, yeah. So I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I am Akotan. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Night. All right. Say good night, Mako-chan. Good night, Mako-chan. Perfect. Awesome. We're out of here. See you next week. of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it! For transcripts of this episode, start typing! Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com 
and vognetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!